We wanted a way that agents could hone their craft and be a part of a larger community, get the resources they need and information they need to know. We cover relevant topics in the industry that will help you close more sales. We talk to top producers and industry leaders to share knowledge and best practices from around the country. So if you want to make more sales, then listen up because we're dropping gold. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the Medicare Sales Podcast. This is Eric Fierro coming to you with a very special guest, my girl Angie. She is a part of my team here and a new insurance agent in the Medicare arena. And so today I just want to do something a little bit different. And I want to talk to Angie about her experience getting into the Medicare world from where she came from and also kind of talking about some of the uh, struggles to get to where she's at right now, which so far for the year, she's actually tracking really well. She's written over 100000 in premium in the first half of the year. And uh, we still have the biggest part of our year coming up, which is AEP, where statistically we write 40% of what we do the entire year. 40% of it is written in those 45 days. So we're really excited and gearing up for that time. Um, but I just wanted to take a little bit of time out to talk to her a little bit about her experience. So Angie, if you don't mind saying hi and just telling us a little bit about what your background was prior to joining us here. Yeah, sure. So my name's Angie. Um, I was in insurance for a month before I met Eric. It was a, uh, almost a half a year before I met Eric and I swore I was never going to get an insurance again. It was definitely a different field. It was more life and small business but uh, it was an experience that just, it wasn't good. It was more of the shady side of insurance that we all try yeah. to avoid. So uh, luckily I got out of that with a, it pretty easily. I just gave up on it though. So I had a insurance license, which was making my resume look a lot better. <laughs> so <laughs> I had yeah, tell, them, tell them how I found you. Yeah. So you found me on, uh, what's the website called? Uh, ZipRecruiter, Zip I think. ZipRecruiter. And I've, I found that almost because uh, Indeed just wasn't working for me. Yeah. So I put it, my license up there that, to hopefully make me look more <laughs> employable. <laughs> but um, the, when he called me, it was, it, he sold me because at first I didn't know what it was for. I was applying for a lot of uh, graphic design and marketing kind of jobs. And, yeah. And then when he got to the meat of it, that it was insurance, I was like, oh. Yeah, because I was actually, I was just resume hunting is what I was doing. Right. You, you hadn't applied for the position. I was just resume hunting. And um, when I was running my filters, I put, needed to have an insurance license. Yeah. And so that's how yours came up. And I remember looking at your resume and thinking, why the, why does she have an insurance license? Like, <laughs> and, and in fact, that was the main reason I called you is because I, I wanted the curiosity got the best yeah. of me. And that was my question. Why do you have an insurance yeah, you license? You were like, I'm just so confused and I'm curious what's going on here. Because yeah. <laughs> I had no background of insurance, none at all. But because I didn't feel like putting a month of life insurance on my resume. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was definitely a, um, a bizarre kind of find, but he convinced me to come in later that day. I think I came in and uh, we met and he sold me. I called him as soon as I got back home and, and talked to 
you know, people I needed to talk to, made sure I wasn't making a bad decision by jumping into it. But I yeah. called them later back that day and I was like, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> I, I remember, um, I just, I remember that what you said was hilarious because you were like, so far, <laughs> everything you've told me sounds too good to be true. So I need to go talk to somebody and make sure that I'm not like, you know, getting scammed or something. <laughs> right. Because I've been scammed before, especially scammed in insurance. Yeah. So it was just, it, you you had a, an unfortunate precursor that scammed me. So yeah. luckily I've, I've found since day one that this is definitely not a scam and it was probably the best decision I've made career-wise. So. Well, think about that. Like how often does our day-to-day in talking to consumers parallel that where they had some horrible experiences. Yeah. So we have to overcome this, this traumatic experience of theirs to so try to much. teach them that, Hey, we're, we're here to help you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, maybe that's why I was already prepared for that. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> you I, were definitely I, prepared. <laughs> I dealt with it a lot. So I'm just like, you know, but yeah. it was, it's really, to me, it's been really awesome seeing your journey here and seeing your growth and seeing you um, really have to overcome certain things so that you can be the agent you are today. I mean, right. Just today, it was funny. Angie turns to me and she says, "These people keep telling me that they love me after they're done." Like, <laughs> she's like, "I don't know what to say back." I struggle with that word in my personal life, so it's so hard when I when I have a client tell me, "Oh my god, I love you." I'm just like, "You're cool." <laughs> like, and then what I do, I looked at you and I said, "Okay, Angie, practice, practice with me. Go ahead, practice." I couldn't, and I couldn't. <laughs> it's just it's so difficult, and I didn't want to come across ingenuine, right? So yeah. they'll definitely pick up on that. I'm like, I love you (laughs) Uh, but 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 again you know it's cool to see that progression happening where you now have such so much more confidence when you're talking to people on the phone and anybody who is in this business and who has been in this business for a year or more you know that it is not easy to get on that phone and talk to people, even when it's calling leads, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't, I mean, cold calling is even more difficult, but even when you're calling on leads, it's difficult because there's a lot of, I think, mistakes that people who are new to this game, not just this game, but sales in general that they'll make that I think what I, I've tried to give you guys a shortcut to really cut through all that BS right. so that you don't spend too much time in these areas where you shouldn't be, which is, um, you know, one of them that I always talk about is how we try to telegraph the whole conversation before we ever make a call. Oh, which is one of my biggest faults. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's such a big, big, um, I would say a big reason why so many agents won't produce as much Mm -hmm. because they really tried to telegraph. And I, and I always tell you guys, I made that mistake too. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm telling you about it. And I'm trying to tell you, stop doing that because the best advice I ever gave that I ever received was just to stop giving a frick. Right. Right. So, so because of that, you know, I really try to hammer that into you guys and say, just stop caring, stop telegraphing and just be responsive. And I think, I think, uh, last month was the first month where I feel I accomplished that more often than I didn't accomplish that. And it took my game to a different level, uh, just in my confidence, which was probably my number one setback in this field. Uh, or my number one thing to overcome in this field was confidence. Yeah. And as soon as I stopped trying to plan out every word I was going to say, every, uh, you know, every denial I was going to get and then come back from it, I, it, as soon as I stopped doing that and being genuine and just trying to help, because I know now, I know the knowledge, I have the background, I have all the resources that you've given us. So 
It's very true because as soon as you get genuine, it, it became so much more easy yeah. to communicate exactly what I was trying to do. And one thing that I enjoy when I get to hear you guys on the phone, I enjoy the part where you guys have to start getting personal. Yeah. That to me is the most fun because I always tell you guys that if the, the, the faster that you can become relatable to the consumer, then the faster that you're going to gain their trust and then be able to make a sale. All right. And so it was, it was so funny the other day to hear you talking to somebody who was a retired UPS driver. Yeah. And go ahead and tell us a story about what you think about when you see UPS drivers. Well, and I don't know when this started. I'm thinking somewhere around when I was 12 years old. I remember driving in the car with my mom and I looked over and I noticed that the UPS driver, because their doors are always open, so he had matching UPS socks and I thought it was the coolest thing. And since then, I always look. Every time I see a UPS driver, I look for the socks. <laughs> you, should, you just check out their legs. Yeah. <laughs> so, so describe to me what the UPS socks look like because I've never, ever paid attention to that. They're exactly like the uniform. And so they're, they're the brownish, like a lighter brownish color, like cardboard. Solid, all solid, one color? Yeah. And then they just have the UPS logo right on the ankle side. Okay. Yeah. But uh, just like my client said, who was the client I signed today, by the way, yeah, um, he, he was, uh, they're just as much of the uniform as the shirt and, the sh you know, everything. I, I hope funny. I get you as a white elephant, like for white elephant <laughs> Christmas. Like I'm going to, I'm going to track down some UPS socks. That's what I'm going to get you. You've, you've inspired funny. me. <laughs> but it's funny because you're sitting here and, and you're becoming relatable because the guy retired from UPS and she's, right. he gets to hear how much you enjoy these socks. And as goofy as that mm -hmm. is, you know, he's, he's liking you more now. Right. Cause he was about to get off the phone. You know, he was, he had stuff to do and he even still had stuff to do, but we stayed on the phone for 15 more minutes and it was just all personal yeah. and he got deep. And now he, he like, I'm going to be his agent for as long as I'm an agent. And that's something solid in my head. I know that's going to happen. So it, it, I don't know if it was the socks that did it. I, I don't really know what it was, but that definitely strengthened the bond that we have. And yeah. in Medicare, I've noticed that that is the ultimate, you close the deal, is when you, you build that relationship where they just stay on the phone and talk about nothing for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, and think about it. I mean, I've always said that as, as we're, we're dubbed a call center, but I've always said we want to still have an agency feel. I mean, we have that national reach as a call center would, but we still want to have the agency feel. So we do that by building relationships. It's not just yeah. transactional, hey, we're going to spew out all this information and then it's a done deal um, because it won't, we can't close that way. I mean, some people might be able to, but it's, it's incredibly difficult to, for longevity's sake if that's oh, all you yeah. do. Even even for the short game, I've noticed I'm I'm not good. I the way my brain works, I love information. So of course, when I first started, that was my natural instinct to just give all this cool information. Like, look at how much money I'm saving you. Yeah. But that doesn't speak to anybody. Right. And, and no matter how much I wanted it to, or how much it spoke to me, it was it, it, the that's my nerd side coming out. <laughs> the, the 65 and older, they're not so much on the nerd side these days. Yeah. So there, there are a few because I know that on my training on my training website that um, I've had a couple myself where I recorded those calls where they just they they picked me dry like mm. they asked me questions that I was just like wow. 
that's cool that you asked me because I have the right. answer, but man. But those calls, they lead them almost like yeah. with the questions. And so the, the, the calls that I used to have where I didn't close because it was all information, you, you feel so like, uh, the, like the call was dry. Yeah. Like you, you just, you, you know why you didn't close it. Yeah. And it, it, it took me a while to, <laughs> to build that up to where I'd be like, okay, I know why I'm not closing. I need to build that relationship. And so I focused on that. And honestly, when I start focusing on that, I started closing more. That's literally. it. And it's, it's odd to think about that when I stopped focusing on Medicare being the root of the call, we'll get to that. Yeah. That, that's why we're talking. We'll yeah. always get to that. But the relationship is what keeps them. That's so, 30 seconds for five or five minutes or something like that. Yeah. You basically, yeah. Galen Hendricks always says that, that yeah. you have 30 seconds to keep them for five more minutes. So every, right. every five minutes you have to do it again, hook them in. And, and, and part of it, it just becomes natural. I think when you start really talking to them and building a relationship that hooking them every 30 or every five minutes, it just becomes part of the whole thing. Like right. it's, it's natural. You, you know? can feel it for sure. Yeah. And I think, um, one of the, the cool things that, that I've also been seeing you do is, you know, you're, I've always told you like when you, when you're in my office and you need to talk to me about something, be completely 100% honest because I can't help you if I don't know. Yeah. And you've always been real honest, even to the point where, you know, when we're talking about making sure we're not just talking about one product, we're talking about multiple products today, you know, you talked to somebody and you sold them. We were trying to sell three products, mm -hmm. right? We discussed doing three products prior to your phone call. Right. You finished the call went great. Obviously mm -hmm. you wrote two products. And then what did you tell me? I didn't even pitch the third. I didn't. It, it, in it, what I knew from the conversation, it wasn't the right time. And Eric did bring up a good point. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you said, what if he get? because it was the cancer. It was a cancer pitch. plan, yeah. So what if he gets cancer next month? And that's a solid point. And I, I thought about that just now when we separated for five minutes. I, I took that because he has a doctor's appointment on Friday. I'm not going to be able to get past Friday without pitching that product now because they, I've had a client. You just never know. You never know. And I've had a client where I didn't talk to him for two days and he didn't tell me he had a doctor's appointment, but he did and he got cancer. Yeah. And it's like, that's what you don't ever want to happen again. So they, I'm definitely going to pitch cancer this week. Yeah. Because here at the end of the day, it's what I always tell you guys is never sell out of your own pockets and never assume that we know their financial situation. Right. And I know what led you to that was because you, you, he started kind of pinching pennies on you. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when something is important to somebody, they make a way. Right. And if he has a history or if his family has a history of cancer, he probably would look at that and say, you know what? I, I better figure out something. Right. I better make a way. Right. So, so yeah, I'm glad that you're going to give him a call back and just put it in his court right put the ball in his court exactly. and then let him say yes or no but at the end of the day you can feel good saying well i offered it i offered exactly because i the the best part about this job is if uh you've given us products that are only good for people yeah so if you are pitching them and doing these bundles and packages and everything it, that has the solid foundation of good healthcare coverage they see that and mm -hmm. they, especially since we're doing our best to just per, uh, put the products out there and yeah. why it's good coverage, more people are signing because it's, it, it means something to me too. I mean, I've had cancer in my family. We all, we almost all of us have. So yeah. it's, yeah, you it, have, you have such a close personal story because your sister mm -hmm. was, was battled that. Right. Which is still, it's a struggle for me to bring up. 
but when I do, I give myself goosebumps when I talk about it because it's so, it's so real. So you know? let, let's, let's bring that up then. Let's, let's delve into that. Yeah. Why is it a struggle for you to bring it up? Um, I, I think that's more of a personal issue. Like, um, not that I just don't talk about my, like the hardships in my life because I feel like I'm going to drop pity or uh, look mm. weak or something like that. It's a psychological thing I've had since I was younger. Okay. I've always tried to uh, put that out in the world that I'm strong and I can handle it all. Wow. So when I feel like I'm drawing pity, it's, it's hard for me to go into those personal stories. Yeah. But um, I mean, I've seen the effect that it has in this job, and I know that it's it's not uh, the place for me to. <laughs> yeah, it, it, strength, it, it's but. crazy, right? Because so much of our growth as humans comes from hardship. Absolutely. And and it's kind of like, well, why hide it? Mm -hmm. Why hide it? Because if anything, that's only going to mm -hmm. showcase how much stronger you actually are. Right. Because you're, you know, not again. You're not trying to do it in a way where you draw pity, but mm -hmm. especially like when you can draw from from personal experience and talk to that with clients who sometimes they just keep putting it off. They just keep saying, well, I'll do that some other time, or that's just not that important to me, or oh, that hasn't happened to anybody close to me, which is a lie. Right? right. But at the end of the day, it's, it's worth it. It's always worth it. And I think that again, there's a certain level of comfort that comes with repeatedly having these conversations, right. you know? And so you just got to keep doing it and they'll from, you'll soon get comfortable with opening up to, to strangers, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I have on some uh, like other topics in my life and gotten in because the number one way to build those relationships is to share your stories too because mm -hmm. uh, everyone it has that emotional connection, especially after they share something and then you do, it's solid. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like again, because then they're just like, oh, this is a real person, right? This isn't right. just someone after my pocketbook. I've heard that so much this month, along with uh, like me stopping to predict what everyone's going to say and just go off with the logistics. When I started getting more personal, I've heard so much this month, just in the past 30 days that, oh, wow, you really are trying to help. Yeah. Okay. And then you can hear them shift and like almost sit down and be like, okay, Take go ahead. Breath. Tell me more. Yeah. So you admitted that you still struggle with fear. Yes. Um, what are some ways that you, because again, I don't ever tell people that fear won't come, mm -hmm. but it's in the midst of fear that we still have to overcome whatever we're feeling so that we can do what we got to do. So what are some things that you've been practicing to help you overcome fears or anxieties when it comes to doing your best? Uh, it's mostly different questions I ask myself. So Will Smith, has a incredible story that he bases his life on and it's uh, that he is fearful of fear and fearful that he didn't give it his best and didn't, didn't give it his all and it's a it's an odd psychological mind flip because it's mm -hmm. it, it, to be fearful of fear is almost an oxymoron but it it makes you give it your all yeah. in every situation. So I started asking myself the different questions instead of like, why am I scared? And cause that's just giving me uh, that's feeding into the fear because mm -hmm. you keep bringing it up and looking at it from a fearful standpoint. So I started reversing it and being like, what is, uh, what would make me 
either disappointed in myself more or more fearful that I didn't accomplish all that I could. So when I started looking at it from that point, I'm definitely more fearful that I didn't give the client all that I could. You know, if I just pitched the plan G, yeah, it, it, that wasn't all that they needed. And yeah. I know it. So it's a whole different way to look at it, which is definitely making me more brave on, yeah, on pitching products. You know, it's funny because, and I remember telling you guys about um, when I was at 8% Nation and, and Michael Irvin spoke, and he said the way that he overcomes fear is by putting it up against an even worse fear. Mm-hmm. So because he came from, from poverty and he, you know, he lived in a way that he definitely does not want to go back to, anytime that he was up against something that made him fearful in terms of performance, because he was a football player, obviously, but anytime mm-hmm. he came up against a performance fear, he would put that up against, well, if I don't do this, what ends up happening? I go back to poverty. Yeah. <laughs> and that fear was worse. So because of that, it, may, it helped him to get over whatever performance fear he had and made him right. perform at top levels, obviously. Yeah, that's basically what I'm doing. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that again, I think that almost everybody successful will admit that they do have fears. Right. It's they just, all- some can get over it faster yeah. than others, mm-hmm. but either way, they just, they get over it. Yeah. And, and I mean, a fear is a driving force or a stopping force. Either way you want yeah. to look at it. But I definitely, when I first started here, I used the denial. That was a, that was a big fear. Mm-hmm. And I, I was almost in denial that that was my fear about denial. But when I realized that, and then the more I actually took in what you said as truth of the, you, if, if you put yourself with their pocketbook or you put your pocketbook in their pocket, it's, it, it's always going to create fears that aren't existent. Right. And so it's, it's a different mindset, but it's, it's waking up a lot of, uh, of fears that I would just won't let happen. Yeah. So that's good. And like I said, it's really cool because when I, the best way that I can see you overcoming these fears is by seeing the amount of sales you're making, mm. you know, to see the growth and how many more sales you're making and, and what you're having to do to get to that point. And, and then also hearing the conversations that you're having with people and how much more, uh, they're deeper, they're deeper they're conversations. No, you know? it's, it's not just logistics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the other, the, one of the big problems I, I see that happen with a lot of newer agents as well is that they just word vomit all the stuff they learned, mm-hmm. but they forget the relational aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as they get both of those in line, you're on fire. Last week I had a few days where I didn't have sales at all. Uh, they were uh, dry days, whatever. Um, and I still, I still won on each one of those days, I feel like, and I know that I did. And that's, that's a point that I haven't been at. Uh, Cause when I didn't, get a sale beforehand, I would feel like I failed that day. Yeah. Like you didn't, you left something out there. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but now I know in, uh, I'm not a hundred percent yet, but in almost every conversation I'm giving it my hundred mm-hmm. percent. And even in the clients that don't, and, and I'm already calling them clients and I usually don't do that because they don't listen to anybody's word these days, but yeah. I'll call you back. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it, I know that I have clients that just, ha- I haven't closed yet. And, and that's, that's a win for me because I'm still building those relationships. It might be for down the line, but it's still happening. And you have to have patience. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, part of, part of this whole game is that it is a long play, you mm-hmm. know, it's not a sprint. And so um, the stuff you're saying now to people, the way you're helping them now, even if it doesn't turn into an application, it could turn into a referral. 
Mm-hmm. And then it could turn into them doing business with you right. later on down the line, you know? Right. And so you, it's cool that you've been here long enough now that you've got to experience that. You've got to experience some referrals. You've got to experience people you helped a few months back now are ready to get written. And it's kind of like, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like an icing on top of, right? Cause it's like, you have your lead flow that you're working and you, you, and you're trying to get sales out of that. But then all of a sudden somebody you worked on a few months back, he's ready now. And right. boom, you write some apps out of it. And you're like, man, that, that was cool. Yeah. I've, I've, something that's been interesting happening lately is clients that I've, I've moved to either disqualified for health reasons or closed loss because they told me to stop calling them. And, mm-hmm. uh, they've uh, an influx of them have started calling these past 30 days. And I don't know what that's about, huh. but um, I mean, I've, I've had clients that call me for things that aren't even related to Medicare just for my <laughs> advice, which is an odd situation. But <laughs> what kind of advice? Like marital advice? Uh, someone asked me about uh, survival benefits, but if like, it was this whole crazy situation, like her life was dramatic yeah. and it was about like, if this person's wife dies but has three kids that are stepchildren it was like i have no idea what you're talking about i'll do some research for you though but she she she, um she was moved to disqualified uh, like within five minutes of her first call i knew i couldn't help her yeah and but she called me anyway and it's been two months since we talked and she called me anyway just to be like do you know anything about this i need help so that was it was unique definitely but it was it was a little strange and it was kind of cool at the same time yeah that is that's really cool because i mean they they basically see you as a valuable source of knowledge and someone who's just there to help too Mm -hmm. is she she really needed at the time which was unfortunate that i can't help but i've gotten um I've been able to handle that much better because yeah. that was something I, I talked to you about that it's it's a struggle for me not to be able to help somebody. Yeah. So, but you know what? It's still cool to know that the person that I couldn't help so many months ago, she still had faith in me that yeah. maybe I could this time. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you a question. Um, so being that, you know, when you first got into the business, you knew nothing about Medicare, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which most people who join here, don't know anything about Medicare. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I have you do is I have you spend a week and a half or two weeks on the Medicare university, right? right? Um, how do you feel that that was foundational to, to basically you getting on the right path and, and learning and understanding, like, did it help you to, I guess, accelerate your knowledge of Medicare, do you feel like, like, do you, did you feel pretty well equipped after going through the university? I do. Um, and, I still utilize it. So, I mean, it, it, take that as you will. Like maybe I didn't all sink in when it should have, but um, it definitely was probably the only reason why I was comfortable selling as fast as you put me into the game, yeah. you know? And it, it wasn't like incredibly fast, but it was fast for me because I yeah. felt like I knew nothing. Um, but when I started talking to people, I realized I knew a whole lot more than I did because I wasn't just reading the textbook. I was listening to somebody who's been through different situations. I was listening to mock calls or some of your sales calls. And yeah. I was listening to even um, other agents from yeah. other people. The other agent it's, calls that we had, yeah. Yeah. And so it was it was a good mix to get me with my foot in the door and, and confident enough to get on the phone. Yeah. So um, it was definitely a struggle. Um, I still feel like I learn something new about Medicare every day, but 
I don't think that's ever really going to stop. So, yeah. uh, and, and, and things change all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the, the key to good agents is that you got to stay humble and you got to understand that you can always learn more. I always feel like I can learn more. I don't feel right. like, I mean, I feel like I know a lot, obviously, hmm. but I always feel like I can learn more and I always try. But you know? the, the university is unique because it's, it, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not any type of university I've ever been acquainted with. Like, uh, I mean, of course, the traditional. It's definitely far different than traditional university. <laughs> <laughs> but um, even I've done some online schooling. I've done some, uh, you know, uh, there's a Google Sheets like podcast, almost kind of like how you have your setup. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, it the the Medicare University that has resources beyond resources, and yeah. it has a mix of resources, which was I think key in me understanding Medicare because if you try to get it all from one way, like when I took the insurance test, that's just a textbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like a, that's like a, a data dump, you yeah. know, it's like oh, yeah. you sit there and you study as quick as you can <laughs> just to pass the test and all that knowledge just dumps out of your head. Right. Cause it's not practical. The majority of that stuff yeah. is not practical, but that's what I like about the, the university design is to be practical. I wanted to make sure that it could be a foundation for all the new agents joining mm-hmm. our organization to be able to go through it and, and be able to actually talk intelligently about Medicare right. after going through it, you know, and I've found that yeah. it's worked time and time again. Yeah. And even like the printed resources you have on there and those, those were key in my first few months here. Yeah. I've, I've since made, uh, you know, my own spreadsheets of what just doesn't get stored up here. Cause not everything can. And yeah, exactly. So, I mean, but most of what is stored up in my head now forever. It's going to be there forever is because of the university and the basis that that put in. And it, it it's practical and most importantly, it's personable because yeah. it's you fit your videoing and it's like, okay, I get it, Eric. <laughs> Instead of like, <laughs> you talk okay, to the video. Textbook. Hey, Eric, I get that. Great yeah. job. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, I think, um, Try to think if there was anything else that I wanted to bring up. I think we covered quite a bit yeah. um, in this in this amount of time. But I really thank you for coming on, of course, staying after with me a little longer to be able to answer some questions. I think mm-hmm. this is information that a lot of new agents, if they're listening, like it's really helpful. These are things that they're going to face. Yeah, you know. And so hearing your honesty is great. I'm not going to lie; it's kind of cool not being the new agent now. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Being able to talk to the new agents. Exactly. <laughs> you, but little, you know, you, you know how they feel. So, oh yeah. You know how to make them feel more at I'm, home. This is going to be my first AEP. This is, I'm not even a year in yet. Yeah. I'm still new. Absolutely. So yeah, no, that's why I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, so excited to see how, how you know, you, you're going to see the coolness of AEP and how busy it's going to get. So, right. um, you know, we're hoping to have a record year this year. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Ready for it. Yeah. Cool. Well, Angie, thanks again so much for coming on. Of course. And hopefully we'll have you on again soon to talk about some more subjects, maybe after AEP, Ooh, talk about some results. <laughs> we'll be all tired. We'll be like, oh. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys on the next video. Talk soon.